0: Welcome to another session with the Market Dominance Guys, a program exploring all the high-stakes speed bumps and off-ramps of driving to the top of your market, with our host Chris Beal from Connect and Sell and Corey Frank from Branch 49. In this episode, Gerhard Geschwantner compares ChatGPT to a painter's palette with an infinite amount of colors and salespeople are the artists who must decide how many colors to use and when the painting is finished. Corey and Chris discuss the role of technology in sales and how salespeople can use it to harness its intelligence to make more informed decisions. Chris describes a practical example of how he used ChatGPT for list creation for a company called PartnerTap. He was able to ask it about the specific job titles used in senior roles in companies and generate a table of titles for each company. Gerhardt suggests that salespeople can tap into their internal chat GPT to discover great ideas and pursue meaningful work. Chris goes on to mention how they're exploring the use of it in developing a new data product and using it to summarize the best conversations that set a meeting with different types of executives. Corey reminds everybody, you have to be willing to put in that work though, do the research and know that it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. also says that it's really about understanding who your customer is and what they care about. Join us for this episode of Market Dominance, guys. From cold calling to AI, how sales is evolving with technology.
1: We don't really know who we are, but we have a better idea in certain ways. We can predict ourselves. Like when I plunged into ChatGPT, for me, it was very recently. I have a lot of AI experience that most people don't know about. I tried to build neural nets to classify engineering parts in 1992. And after six months of trying to do that, I realized that my machine was fooling me into thinking that it knew what it knew, whereas it was really all happening in my head, that my beliefs kept changing in order to believe that it was doing better than it was. So I abandoned that in 92, actually 93, early 93. But I went back to AI often in the neural network sense, because as you know, Corey, I've always been very interested in how brains work, how our nervous systems work, how we interact with the world. Now GPT comes along, and I'm sort of ignoring it for a while. And then a week ago Friday, I said to Helen in the morning, I said, what if we took your book, the Love Your Team book, right? What if right. we took your book and we turned Love Your Team into an interactive experience with ChatGPT, it would be a different way of reading a book. You would ask the book questions and the book would give you answers. I said, I don't know if it'll work or not, but let me think about the mechanics. And then the next day, I had gotten some information from Susan Finch, who is doing our podcast here. She's our publisher. And I guess Austin, our editor, had gotten her interested in ChatGPT. And she had a transcription of a podcast summarized by ChatGPT. And I just had this idea. It's like, hey, let's do this. Let's summarize 25 episodes. Let's have ChatGPT summarize 25 episodes. And then I'll ask it 25 questions. And then we'll take the results, copy paste them into a book and we'll be done. And we'll have a book. And I set a two day goal. Saturday morning, I was allowed to start. And by Sunday at midnight, I had to be finished. end to end. That is, it was still okay to do grunt work around it, right? But it had to be a finished book. And that, I don't think I would have done that 20 years ago. I wouldn't have had the boldness to do it. But now it's much more comfortable for me because I'm old enough. I'm 68. Probably nothing bad will happen to me from doing such things. I never think of bad things that are going to happen anyway. (laughs) To me, it's easier to innovate at the edge the more experience you have of yourself.
2: It's well said. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. I see you as the explorer, always looking for that new unknown line on the horizon. Curious enough, let's go out there and see what happens. And I think that somebody once said that people are outlived by institutions, but institutions are outlived by ideas. Essentially, I see sometimes mankind with 7 billion people as a gigantic brain form that has one purpose, which is idea exploration. And essentially, our destiny is really all about subordinating ourselves to one really huge idea. Mm-hmm. To that point,
3: right, I think we're drilling down at the issue, certainly, that's right in front of us, which is Chet GPT, but asking the questions, Gerhardt. And uh, moving towards the concept, Chris and Gerhardt, of prompt engineering, the new frontier. It's not, hey, I'm good at chat GPT. It's it's probably a new role that I'm sure is going to be seen on LinkedIn very soon is I'm a prompt engineer, which to my little dumb farm animal mind, right, is can I ask the right question the right way? And can I use... Uh, Again, my little brain to ask intelligent follow-ups, certainly in sales, we get into the diagnosing, we get into the discovery process, but how Chris on what you've seen and Gerhard, maybe from an application perspective, this concept of prompt engineering, because it mirrors what we do in sales. And now to actually have this vehicle, this tool, this weapon, like chat GPT, it's this wealth of information, but I have to know how to ask it. I have to know how to unlock it in order to really get the value of it.
1: What's the uh, Yeah, you've been using it. I've been using it. What do you think?
2: Yeah, what's the real question behind that question? The
3: question is, is from a diagnosing perspective in our profession of sales. Right. And to leverage this into chat, GPT, for prompt engineering, that's a skill. Yeah. Right? And, and how do I get better at that skill? You mentioned that okay, we're all connected here. Yep. It's all about our role in the world and learning more and being around. We get our energy from learning more right. and asking the questions.
2: Yeah, the way to think about it is we are on a quest for the right narrative that fits the circumstances. So the idea of doing a book over a weekend is something that's fun to do. And the question is why? What problem are you solving? So when you're in a sales interaction, you want to identify, you want to use ChatGPT to find out what are the problems that company that I'm serving are facing right now? What are some of the problem statements that their executives raising in the news? Or how is the company doing financially? So you can prompt ChatGPT to understand the client universe so you can earn the right to speak from a perspective that is equal and helpful. But then also you can use ChatGPT to communicate. We started out saying, well, here's here was our physical world of sales and here's our virtual world of sales. And we only talked about video, but in an average B2B setting, you have probably a couple of Zoom calls, maybe three, but 35 email exchanges. How can you use Chat GPT to have every one of those 35 emails hit the right note, hmm. hit the right level of insight, of value, of persuasion that keeps the sale moving forward? Because 48% of sales end in no decision. Hmm. So you could use that intelligence and interact with the customer in every channel in an optimized way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
3: We were talking about Stephen Wolfram's article the other day. Highly recommend. You're right. You recommended that I read it two or three times. I think it's probably more about half a dozen times before I get it. Right? And this concept of just adding one more word at a time. And I like what you're saying, Gerhard, because the more I ask questions in my sales career, the better I can get at asking questions. And... The more comfortable and energy I can exude, certainly the client, the prospect can also feel more comfortable asking these questions. So Chris, in that parallel of moving to chat GPT in the book exercise, where are those parallels between asking just one more word, adding one more word in the query, in the prompt and getting tighter and tighter and tighter till you have the result Chat, GPT and I are one in the same. They finally understand after seven follow-up questions exactly
1: what I'm trying to get. Well, it's interesting. It's very similar to what we do in parts of sales conversations that I would consider to be clarifying. So a lot of what we call discovery is actually clarification. So we're, we're trying to understand what somebody really meant when they said what they said, right? Like Gerhard did a moment ago, what's the question behind the question? And with ChatGPT, we end up doing a lot of that clarification as one of the elements of prompt engineering, as I experienced it. So I'm now about 40 hours into using ChatGPT in different ways. And as an old programmer and a former scientist, I can't help it. I want to go, OK, I'm just going to thrash, right? There's always somebody saying, here's how to do it. I go, don't, don't tell me. I'm just going to thrash. And one of the things my thrashing led me to was a realization that ChatGPT GPT will make stuff up about people in particular, but about companies also, because it doesn't actually have a mechanism for seeing them as entities with identity. So since it doesn't have that mechanism, it's a next word, next word, actually next token, next token mechanism. If you get it to a point where it has gone off sort of down a path that's more popular off of the same name, Then you'll get what appear to be a whole bunch of incorrect facts. Like it'll say, oh, Chris Beale has a degree in electrical engineering from Cal Berkeley. Now, if I put that in my bio, which it put in my bio the first time I asked it, right, then that would be incorrect. And so, well, why did it put it in there? Because there is a Chris Beale who's like that. And it's just two words. It's not Chris Beale, the entity, it's just two words. And that person's much more important than I am in the world that ChatGPT was trained on. So here was my follow-up prompt, which was, actually, I meant the Chris Beal, who is CEO of Connect and Sell and co-host of the Market Dominance Guys, immediately, ChatGPT said, I apologize for my confusion. And then it went on and did a little better. And I said, well, actually, my understanding is that Chris Beal graduated from Arizona State University. And with a degree in education and physics, and that allowed it to go find that little channel in its training, because it was trained on that too, and go down that, you know, when you're a kid, you, I don't know if everybody does this, but I grew up out in the desert, I think everywhere, this is pretty common, you play a game where you get a water source, and then the water is sort of flowing, and then you dig little channels and make it go different places, right, you can just go with your finger on the ground and just very lightly, and the water will start to go down there, and then it gets deeper and deeper, and then it'll do something that you don't like, right? It's going to go mess up something your mom cares about. And you can ask it, no, 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 don't go that way. Go this way. That's what it's like. That experience is what it's like with Chat GPT. You're making a path for it to follow, and then the beauty of it is, and this is the surprising thing, and I asked ChatGPT this question. I said, so from all the stuff we talked about here with Market Dominance Guys, because I spent hours asking it questions and refining the questions, I said, did you learn something from this? And ChatGPT said, yes, I learned from all of my interactions, right? right? And so then I asked it a general question with no reference to any of the episodes, because we had summarized episodes and then used those. With ChatGPT and asked a question about the summary. I just asked a general question. Okay, so a week before, when I asked about the Market Dominance Guys podcast, it said Market Dominance Guys, very popular podcast in business, by host Nathan Latka. (laughs) 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 So my friend Nathan is out there, you know, running our podcast. Perfect, banging on our good name. What is this guy doing? Yeah, all I had to do was correct it. And said so I meant the podcast with Corey Frank and Chris Beal, the blah, 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 blah And then it's like, oh, that podcast. And it got everything right, right? It had the wrong podcast. Next day, I asked it the same question. Same exact question. And it didn't have to be told whose podcast it was because yeah. it had burnt. Wow, that's
2: fascinating. I think that another way to think about Chat GPT is to view it as a painter's palette with infinite amount of colors and you are the artist, and you need to decide how many colors do you want to use, and when is the painting finished? So I think that ChatGPT is an ideal place to the art and science of living and growing and selling.
3: Before we went on air, Gerhard, you were using the analogy that ChatGPT is the Iron Man suit, and Jarvis was the brains that actually built the suit, but Tony Stark was the visionary to tell it what to do. Right, And so when you look at our profession, at one point, this old Mac here was the future. It was the present as the past. And in our profession, could you say that, hey, the reports of the death of the salesperson actually conducting sales transactions or communication are actually exaggerated too because you see a lot of folks now especially on LinkedIn, saying, hey, ChatGPT, it's going to put biz devs out of business. There's going to be no SDRs. We're going to conduct all of our commerce B2B through ChatGPT. And since selling power has been around since the early 80s, 1980, 81, I think when you founded Ed Gerhardt, you've seen a lot of new advances in technologies that have purported to potentially leapfrog us you know, the great leap forward or to replace a certain aspect. What are your thoughts on this as a tool for sales?
2: I think it's a great tool. I think that any technology that's out there, remember we were doing cover stories on the future of selling every five or six years. And sometimes people try to think 25 years ahead or 30 years ahead. And over that time span in the last four decades, I have seen so many technologies come and go. And some, you know, there was uh, Telemagic and there was Act Software, and then there was Salesforce and Siebel and SAP and Oracle and Microsoft. And, and then with those large organizations, then you had marketplaces where you have the Salesforce App Exchange. So now you look at the App Exchange and you could probably choose. 4,000 different technologies that can ride on top of Salesforce, but the salespeople can only absorb maybe about 12, maybe 15. So the technologies are growing like weed. And it is the job of the sales leader or the sales enablement leader or sales operation leader to harness that intelligence and harness that, like I go back to the painter's palette, do you need 128 colors or can you do it with six or maybe three and create that masterpiece? We'll be
0: back in a moment after a quick break. Connect and Sell welcome to the end of dialing as you know it. Connect and Sell's patented technology loads your best sales folks up with 8 to 10 times more live qualified conversations every day. And when we say qualified, we're talking about really qualified, like knowing what kind of cheese they like on their Impossible Whopper kind of qualified. Learn more at connectandsell.com.
3: And we're back. With Corey and Chris. Well, and certainly, Chris, at Connected Cell, you're actually using it. And you have an example, I think you were talking to us before on air here, of how you used it for a practical aspect for list creation, I believe it yep. was. To
1: talk a yeah. Bit. I just had an idea yesterday where we we're challenged by helping a company called PartnerTap create a list and it's a very abm kind of thing they help with managing partnerships and channel for pretty large companies and so they want to talk to some people who do partnerships and strategic alliances and stuff like that for a very specific set of companies so i thought huh generally we go and we do a query on zoom info or whatever and we use some titles in some seniority concepts and some keywords But what if we turned it around and I asked ChatGPT, what are the titles that these companies use for those kinds of roles in a senior position? And it gave me some titles. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So which ones are used by Intel? And it was like five of the seven were used by Intel. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Which ones are used by Automation Anywhere? And it was like four of the seven and they were disjoint. And I said, well, could you make a table of those that are used by, it?" I named the nine or 10 companies they want to go after, and what do I get? The exact titles that are actually used by each company in those roles, and now I can use those titles in a query on LinkedIn Sales Navigator, nail them exactly, extract that information, take it over to ZoomInfo or Apollo or one of my secret sources, and voila, we have this very easy way of going a completely new direction. You never would have been able to ask before, what are the titles used in this company for these senior roles? I call these inversions, where you can invert queries that you used to only get to do one way because ChatGPT has looked at everything. It's billions and billions and billions.
2: Yeah, what's what's interesting here is that you translated that into an Excel spreadsheet. And you can also ask ChatGPT to... Create a picture of a salesperson that didn't make quota in a robot, and
1: <laughs> I got to try that one. Yes, uh, we had Dali actually make the cover picture for the book. So the book, for folks who are curious, it should be out fairly soon. Like we're, I think we'll put it up tomorrow on Amazon in three formats, and then we'll have it read by a robot. Uh, with me asking the questions for the prompts. And almost all the books written by ChatGPT, it's about 111 pages. And there were just two little sections written by humans and then the prompts themselves. And we needed a cover. So I was struggling, because I'm not the most visual person in the world. So I was struggling with Dali to get a cover that, I liked, and I kept getting these robots that looked like they were from the 50s. And I wanted it to be kind of sleek, right? So here's an example of, for those of you who are ever going to do prompt engineering, just so you'll know, what is this crazy prompt engineering thing anyway? So I'll, I'll read the prompt that got the picture, and then you'll have to go buy the book or whatever <laughs> to get the picture. And so here's the prompt. It goes like this. Hang on, the picture is going to come up here. I'm scrolling, scrolling. Here it is. Here's what I finally said that got the picture I wanted. A red, white, and black six-inch by nine-inch book cover in a minimalist Madison Avenue advertising style showing a stocky, dark-haired businessman and one tall, brown-haired businessman and one futuristic robot having a conversation around the table. And the picture's great. I was running out of credits. <laughs> It was down to 11, and it was going to cut me off until March 11th or something like that. And so I love the robot's look. It's in conversation. You can tell, right? It, that was captured. And Corey, I apologize to you for the stocky comment. That's what it took, man. <laughs> I couldn't get there any other way. But that was prompt engineering. That was about 26 attempts and Dolly was teaching me what it thinks about when I say certain things and it expresses them visually.
3: If I ever asked, hey, pull a picture of Corey Frank, that stocky is perpetually now right <laughs> in the universe here as a descriptor for Corey
1: and next to a robot. I um, could ask Chat GPT, please describe Corey Frank visually. <laughs> what is Corey? I'm gonna do that right now. I asked it by the way. Can you, can you or, ask? I Chad asked him GPT. who's been on selling power. And it, it said Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Mary Kay Ash, Steve Jobs, Grant Cardone, and Ariana Huffington. And said that they are all these famous people who've been on the cover of selling power. Were those all on the cover? Did I get it right?
2: Yeah, pretty much so, with the exception of Grant Cardone. Oh,
1: isn't that funny? You made right. up Grant Cardone.
2: Yeah. It's okay, so I luck. can say,
1: please redo this list without Grant Cardone. Notice it knows what this means, and it's going to go ahead, and it'll redo the list, I'm sure. Sure. Here's a list of famous people who have been featured on the cover of Selling Power magazine without Grant Cardone. <laughs> Sorry, Grant.
2: Chris, Chris without asking chat GPT, what would be another way to say GPT? What would be the acronym in your mind that first comes to mind without thinking about it?
1: Gosh, I've never been able to figure this out. It's like, <laughs> I always think of it as the generative power technology. <laughs> what do you think?
2: Great penetrating thoughts.
1: Ooh, that's so much better. Mm. That's so much you
3: better. You have Alexis, you have Surrey. So maybe you have Thor or something like that, right? You have some god of knowing or Athena, Jarvis.
1: I've got to ask it, Corey. I got to ask it what you look like. Okay, what does Corey Frank, co-host of Market Dominance Guys, look like? Okay, here we go. Corey Frank, co-host of Market Dominance Guys podcast, is a bald man (laughs) with a thick, well-groomed beard. He is often seen wearing a pair of glasses and a dress shirt and is known for his enthusiastic and engaging personality. He's been described as having a commanding presence and a sharp wit and is a popular speaker and thought leader in the sales and marketing industry. If you'd like to see a picture of Corey Frank, you can find images of him on the web or on the podcast website or social media accounts. (laughs) Corey, we got to work on the hair, man.
3: I guess so. Bald and a beard. I guess I'll get on that. So (laughs) So This is is incredible stuff. I think this is certainly, we're going to be listening to this a few years from now and say, man, were we underselling the power of great penetrating thoughts or whatever we're going to call it. So Gerhardt, Application use, and we'll kind of wind things down here, bring it back to the selling world here. Chris's example of the chart and using it day-to-day at Connect and Sell Today, if I'm a newer SDR, BDR, or if I'm a sales rep and I'm remote, I don't have a team around me, I still depend on Zooms and I got an office a thousand miles away from the corporate mothership, any ideas that come to mind of how I should use this to maybe hit my number for this quarter or or this year today?
2: I would say you want to tap into your internal chat GPT because everybody has a reservoir of great ideas hidden away. And you want to ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing. And if you're clear about the why, I always say the better the why, or the bigger the why, the bigger the try, the easier the how. So, you want to answer that question honestly why are you doing what you're doing? And what is the larger purpose? I just talked to a salesperson who has actually created a new company that helps homeowners in California on the West Coast to get early warning signals for forest fires so they can make a more educated decision how to protect their homes and and when to leave. And when I talk with him, he says, I feel so much happier because now I'm selling something that is truly meaningful. And we have created a purpose-driven company and everybody is on board and everybody is less stressed because when you pursue meaning instead of money, your life gets easier. That's beautiful. Say that one more time, Gerhard. The bigger the why... The bigger to try, the easier
3: to have. That's something. I love that. Got it. Any final thoughts on your side, Chris, right? I can't wait to hear coming weeks here on the episodes of how Connected Cell is fully incorporating ChatGPT into its queries and especially building the lists for clients and, and leveraging that weapon there to certainly unleash the power of Connected Cell faster.
1: Yeah, we're exploring a number of things. We're going to be putting out a data product fairly soon of a very specific kind that will not have been seen before. And it'll have no user interface, which is kind of interesting. And so that's an area where we will put ChatGPT to work if we can, because it's kind of like, how do you ask a data product what you want? Well, ChatGPT is pretty helpful. We've already seen in kind of converting that desire to outcomes. We're also going to be flipping it around the other way. So I've asked one of our data analysts to take the last, say, 200 conversations that somebody had with Connect and Sell selling to VPs of sales. And to summarize those conversations, like what is the best conversation that sets a meeting with the VP of sales? How different is it from the conversation that sets a meeting with the CFO? And et cetera, et cetera. So each title that's out there should have a characteristic quality to those meetings, which I think chat summarization capabilities should make it quite capable of doing. And as you know, the folks at Microsoft, this is where I learned about prompt engineering, not about it. I was just told, don't ever say anything about chat GPT unless you say it in terms of prompt engineering. I got a very stern lecture from a very senior person there on that subject the other day, and I took it to heart and and went off and found out, like, what is prompt engineering? and It's so interesting to me, and I'm an old programmer, right? I've written a couple million lines of code. People are often pretty skeptical of that, and it's like, no, you don't want to go read them. They're not as good as they could be. But what I think we're in a world of now is a world where we can make products out of prompts and knowledge, and the prompts themselves and the training data can make some magic happen. So. This very senior guy over at Microsoft said, look, you guys at Connect and Sell have got the best training data in the world for B2B. Nobody has what you have. You have I wanna... millions, and millions of conversations. Let's use them together. And I think that's going to be a big part of our journey.
2: That's awesome. I'd like to add something. I just remembered a quote from Werner Heisenberg that's sort of the icing on the cake of our conversation. Nature does not reveal its secrets. It only responds to our method of questioning.
1: That is the truth. That's actually, people talk about quantum physics and all that. That's actually the essence of the whole thing, is that our methods of questioning is kind of all that we get to bring to the table. And then sometimes we learn something. What's so weird to me about ChatGPT is it learns while we're interacting with it. Yeah. And so I just did a little series of queries here, prompt responses, where I was asking about Selling Power magazine. Once I asked about Selling Power magazine, I didn't have to specify who Gerhardt is. I could just say Gerhardt. And it knew. Wow. It, it knew that probably already, but it knew that in the context of our chat, that's who we were talking about. I will warn everybody. It's not a warning. Just be aware. Chat GPT won't make stuff up right? It has an advanced degree from my favorite university, MSU, make shit up. Everybody in sales has got at least a bachelor's from MSU, but the best have got PhDs. It's a pretty good salesperson and it's selling you on the notion that this is a comfortable human interaction and you're free to ask for clarification and to shape what's going on. Don't just accept everything, but you do have to be aware that it is going to attempt to answer you in a human-like way. That is its goal. Whether the God's honest truth comes out of it depends on how you interact with
2: it. You've created something with your show, The Market Dominance Show is like a long conversation that seems too short. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
3: Depends on the guest, Gerhard. No, I'm just kidding. All our guests, we love all (laughs) our guests. We're helping with my daughter last night on homework. She's in fourth grade and she's doing math. And Chris, as an old math professor yourself, you appreciate this, right? And she went through and she filled in all the answers. But it specifically says at the top, right? in you know, I'm going to say, show your work. Be sure to show your work. And she was frustrated by that. She says, dad, I know the answers here. I can do the answers. Why do I have to show the work? And Garrett, I think it's triggered what you were saying, and Chris is that part of this journey we're on as sales professionals, and even as humans, as spiritual bodies here, is that Google just gives you an answer. And there's something very elegant, something very organic and primitive about, I think, the nature of having to do prompt engineering to kind of form and coalesce and curate what you want. That journey. Is why you read philosophy. That journey is—you don't want. You want the, the meaning of life is a very short book, but you read philosophy and you read the allegory of the cave, and you read all this stuff, right, to discover. I think, and that I think is probably a stretch, but I think from what we're talking about here is probably a beautiful byproduct of using prompt engineering in the world to discover that. So,
1: yeah. Can I tell a little Google story here? Sure. I'm a co-host. I can do whatever I want. My little Google story is this. I was looking for complimentary quotes about the Market Dominance Guys podcast that could go on the book, right? So we're doing a paperback, we're doing hardcover, and we're doing a Kindle. And so some of those formats, you really do need the nice things that people say. So I went Googling to find anything nice anybody had said about Market Dominance Guys. 15 minutes later, frustrated in failure, I was just about to give up. And I thought, this is pretty stupid. I'm going to go ask ChatGPT, what are some complimentary quotes that people have made about market dominance, guys? So it came back with this raft of quotes. Now, I'm not convinced all of them are actually real, but I queried it further, like, well, so where in Trish Bertuzzi's sales development playbook did she mention market dominance, guys? I said, in chapter 12. It went on at some length about where it was in the chapter. I said, well, what are the themes of chapter 12? And it told me the themes, and I got comfortable with it. I still can't find it, the the quote anywhere in the book. I I have a Kindle copy, it's too old, and the timeline doesn't work. used it anyway, because it was such a great product of prompt engineering. But the difference was Google led me to websites where people were trying to sell me things. ChatGPT let me explore what it had run into in its billions and billions of billions of pages and then interact with it in a way that I could get comfortable using some of the output. It's a radically different way of doing things. And I think the $10 billion that Microsoft just dropped on OpenAI recently, whatever price point that was at, valuation price point, they got a bargain. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful.
3: Well, incredible, incredible stuff. The time did fly by, but Gerhardt, it's been an honor. It's been a long time on the list to finally share some space. I'll be in virtual here with you and the impact that you made on certainly our profession. Everybody owes you a portion of the royalties. I think you should never have to buy a beer anywhere in America or in this world again. So appreciate your time on that. Chris, any final thoughts on our special guest Gerhardt for Breaking Free? to be one of the nine
1: folks associated with this podcast, maybe eight of them listeners. With Gerhard, I just end up shoveling gratitude like coal. Thanks, Gerhard.
2: I'm humbled and I'm amused by all this. It's really an honor to be part of a group that wants to dominate the market and I'm all for it. And Mm -hmm. let me know how I can help you win because that's what I'm all about. I want to help people get better Feeling better and make more money.
3: Absolutely. And you can always find Gerhard at sellingpower.com or of course, hit him up on LinkedIn with the soon to be upcoming Sales 3.0 conference that should be on any list of must attend conferences for our profession. For the Market Dominus guys and Chris Beal, this is Corey Frank. Until next time. Mm-hmm.
0: Modern and Innovative Sales Toolbox offers a guiding hand to ambitious organizations in their quest to reach market dominance. Learn more at branch49.com. Never miss an episode. Go to any of your favorite podcast venues and search for Market Dominance Guys or go to marketdominanceguys.com and subscribe.